His last name is Silverman, which, you know, we can never assume anything, but <laughs> I do assume that this man is yeah, Jewish. But I do, and he is. So. Yes, I, but I do. <laughs> but I do, and he is. <laughs> Back again. Back at it again. Back at it again. <laughs> Back at it again with the white vans. <laughs> we have episode two of our holiday spectacular, and we have a very special guest on the pod today. Yes. Me? No. Who, me? <laughs> oh my God. We decided to ask um, our good friend Emery to come on and join the conversation today for a movie that includes all of her favorite things. Uh, Judaism. Basketball. Uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> Judaism. Yeah. Oh my God. That we'll get we'll get to that shock of my lifetime later. But yeah. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me, oh, guys. Of course. Of course. Our pleasure. Do you wanna do you wanna tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, I would love to. Um, my name is Emery. Uh, I live in Brooklyn with a one Mariah Cruz, just in the same the same little old apartment. Um, and we, and used to be with Christina. We all used to live together. Yes. Um, I'm a playwright, uh, and I am a sometimes performer. I'm neither of those things at the moment because <laughs> uh, that doesn't exist love anymore. Miss Rona, thank yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, that's 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 me. Uh, I'm I'm Jewish, yes. so this is a very apt movie for me to uh, be a part of the discussion. Um, I loved this movie as a kid. Yeah. Tell us more mm -hmm. about watching it as like a young, um, Jewish American princess. <laughs> oh Did my I God. use that correctly? I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. Jap, Jap is the, uh, it, Jap is like kind of technically a derogatory term, but I didn't take, I don't take offense to it. Um, yeah, no, watching watching this movie back as a grown-up was fun, really fun. It's so dated. It's so like I mean, I'm sure the decom I'm sure the decoms you guys have been watching are also very similar. Yeah. Like you just remember all these like old things. But there's just there aren't a lot of Hanukkah movies. Yeah. And that is because Hanukkah, like I feel like people tend to equate Hanukkah and Christmas as like the same sort of, I don't know, what's the word? It, it, they're both like as like the same level of importance uh -huh. um, because they're around the same time. But Hanukkah is not nearly as big of a deal in Judaism as it is in Christmas as to Christianity. Um, it's mm -hmm. like a story. It's a beautiful story. Hanukkah is like a great, great story, but it's not... Um, it doesn't nearly hold uh, the significance that Christmas does. So mm -hmm. that's why there aren't a lot of Hanukkah movies, at least I think. But that being said, it's really nice that this one exists. And I, I like the basketball themes and the different allusions to the different to the different parts of the story of Hanukkah and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And yeah, it was so fun to rewatch after so many years. I love this movie. It was mm -hmm. very fun. I want to see a Sukkot. Um, Sukkot? Sukkot. Oh my god, Sukkot. Sukkot, yeah. <laughs> a movie about that holiday. I want people to get whacked with their little lemon-esque trees. I feel like that would be um, like a kinky thing, to be honest. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I see it. No, I. that would be really interesting. Sukkot, for those who don't know, is a holiday um, right after Yom Kippur, which is the second high holiday, that's basically like the holiday of the harvest. And it's like 
it's one of my favorites because it's like the weirdest Jewish holiday to describe. It's like, okay, yeah, like you build like a hut where you can see the sky and you're supposed to like eat every meal in it for seven days. And oh yeah, you like have to mm-hmm. hold this, like, it looks like a lemon, but it's called an etrog. And then you hold this other thing called a lulav and you shake them and you do this like dance with them. And yeah, like that's what God like commands you to do for seven days. And that's Sukkot. And it's like about like fertility and the heart. It's very strange. Ooh. But yeah, Sukkot... A Sukkot decom would be a very interesting. Uh, Speaking of Judaism holidays, decoms, basketball. Uh huh. Yes. Um, we actually have um, our first ever question from a listener. Amazing. Um, from a friend of the pod. Um, a theory that I would like to bring forth to both of you. Yes. So I'm gonna just play that clip right now. Hi guys, this is Sammy Ferber, a longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about this theory that I had uh, after I rewatched Full Court Miracle uh, a few weeks ago. I I noticed, along with my girlfriend, who you are all uh, very closely aware of, we noticed that basketball comes up a lot as a motif in these Disney Channel original movies, decoms, if you will, specifically Full Court Miracle, Double Teamed, High School Musical, Luck of the Irish, the list goes on and on. And what we noticed about these movies, besides the fact that basketball seems to be the sport of choice for Disney Channel, is that they all seem to be connected to holidays. The most obvious, of course, is Full Court Miracles, closely related to Hanukkah. But then you have Luck of the Irish, which is connected to St. Patrick's Day. And then High School Musical, which is connected to New Year's Eve. Double teamed there's probably a holiday in there somewhere, but listen, Double Team is based on a true story, so it may not fit the mold. But here's what I'm saying, okay? Here's my theory. My theory is that Disney Channel originally had a pre-MCU cinematic universe prepared. A cinematic universe of holiday basketball movies. Now hear me out. I believe that Disney Channel had plans for a Christmas basketball movie, maybe a, uh, you know, a Sukkot basketball movie, a Labor Day basketball movie. There's there's so many options there, and Disney was not about to let those options pass them by. But something happened. Maybe it was the meteoric rise of High School Musical. Maybe it was the fall of DCOMs as a medium. But something stopped them in their tracks. I'd love for you guys to discuss the merits of this theory, the merits of the person offering this theory to you, and what you think happened to the Disney Channel original movie cinematic universe of basketball holiday movies or as i like to call it the decom nope i can't the the decom cu you you you've got it from here that's all anyway uh love the show love you guys hi mom well, there we go. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much, uh, Sammy Ferber. I hope we meet one day um, in real life. Uh, <laughs> I think that, like, the tie-in of sport and the holidays, I think there's a bigger mm-hmm. picture that we're missing. I think the bigger picture is not so much the holidays themselves, but the culture surrounding the holidays mm-hmm. and how it seems like important parts of people's lives happen in connection with holidays, like, oh, something's happening at Christmas time. Oh, New Year's, new resolutions, what's going to happen, new, new, new. Yeah. So I think they're more catalysts for bigger ideas. Yeah. 
I don't think there's any sort of conspiracy surrounding. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy. I just, I don't, I think that, I don't think that there's any sort of conspiracy surrounding basketball and holidays and Disney Channel. Um, I do think that as a writer, it is easy to place a story around an event. And usually there are events during holidays kind of tying into what mm-hmm. Mo said, like, Things happen around the holiday season. It can be a dramatic time, like a time for new beginnings. So I, but I, that is a good point though. Basketball is like a very, uh, very uh, popular sport of choice for these movies. Um, I'll talk about my like delight about this Jewish basketball team later, tying in something from my own life. But anyway, to answer, (laughs) I don't even know what the question was, to be honest. Well, I think, I think the reason that basketball is kind of like Disney's sport of choice is because you're able to see everybody's faces while they're playing. It's not like football or, or hockey or stuff where there's helmets. It's good visibility. Um, and I think it's probably also easier to train actors to like, play basketball than probably any other sport Mm -hmm. um but i do agree with mel i think that the holidays are like a time for introspection therefore they they yield the most interesting um personal stories i i would be interested to see what disney would have been able to cook up for other holiday related basketball films but i guess we'll never know unless they decide to bring it back yeah i think with this movie specifically hanukkah is like a story that takes place during a war and basketball is a very like, Mm. I'm not a sports expert by any means, but (laughs) from my experience, basketball is like a very defensive, active, aggressive, not a contact Mm -hmm. sport, but like it's aggressive and you have to defend what's yours. And like, that is Mm -hmm. the point Mm -hmm. of the story of Hanukkah. So I think they're kind of analogous in that way. And so it works really well for this movie. I think Sammy's also forgetting about a couple other Disney sports movies. Go figure. <laughs> figure skating and hockey. Okay. Oh. Ice Princess also figure skating. Yes. Was that That's a decom, Ice Princess? I don't know. Actually, it probably would. I think it had a theatrical release. It was. Maybe. I loved that with Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim Cattrall. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't that oh like. Oh my God. Wasn't that like um, one of those like, this isn't my dream mom. Like, I'm throwing away yours. Yeah. Like, and Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Joan Joan Cusack plays the mom. I love wow, Joan I've Cusack. Seen that movie in a long time. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. I'm trying to think of other. What's the decom about um, racing? Car uh, car racing. Oh yeah, with like the sisters. Oh my god, it, the girl from Seventh Heaven. Something track. In it and I can't remember. Something around the track. No, no, <laughs> that's wrong. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway. Are you thinking of like the the soapbox one? Yes. No. Oh, is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> if listeners, if you have any ideas, please DM us. Let yeah, us know. please help us. We are clearly floundering. <laughs> we need help right now. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, great question, Sammy Ferber. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. great. Yeah. It seems like you spent like maybe too much time thinking about that. No, I'm just, <laughs> Sammy's a good friend of ours. So I'm, I'm roasting him. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sammy, for, uh, for your contribution. We appreciate it. I hope you guys get questions like after this. I hope. Yeah, we should, we should tell people to That'd be like, really cool. send us in little sound bites. That would be fun. Yeah. They do that on a couple, they do that on, um, they used to, they haven't done it in a bit, but they used to do it on another podcast I really loved, and it's really cool. it's always cool to hear. Mm-hmm. I just want to know the movie is called Right on Track. Yes, I it knew it was something about a track. Beverly Mitchell. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm glad we sorted that. 
All right, should we should we dive right in? Let's uh dribble right into that court. Ooh, very yeah. nice, very nice. All right, so we open up. We have some absolute booty hole aerial shots of <laughs> wow. Philadelphia. Whoa. <laughs> Looks like it was filmed on a potato. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I come to your podcast and you insult my people like that oh it's nothing with the city it's just whatever they filmed it on yikes yeah so it was like a prehistoric video camera <laughs> yeah. so funny so for those listening i oh i didn't say this i am also from originally from philadelphia so um i'm watching mm-hmm. so imagine you're yes. me you're watching this movie for the first time in 12 years and you're like oh this will be fun because it's about jewish people and then you're like oh this is about not only jewish people but jewish Philadelphians imagine just the joy yeah. in my heart. Feeling so seen. Yeah, this so movie seen. was made for me is like what I'm getting at. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Once we get past those aerial shots, we then cut to the street and you're like, oh, this is Toronto. This is filmed not yet. This is not America. This is Toronto. And I did look it up and it is it's correct. This was filmed in Toronto. Yeah, so we see our protagonist, young Alex, walking down the street with his friend Julie, mm-hmm. basically talking about how bad their basketball team is. Alex is like, we're not that bad. And Julie's like, incorrect, you are trash garbage. Yes. And they have this really big rivalry with this other team, the Warriors, who are like undefeated. And Alex's team, the Lions, are basically like going to have their asses handed to them at this tournament. So Julie and Alex then go to their respective schools and start their their days as young fourteen year old Jewish students. Yeah, well, Cassie's not Jewish. She's is she? No, I don't think so. She goes to a separate. Oh, maybe she's she not. goes to a different school because. Oh no, Yumo. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh no, no, no. I was gonna say I think it's implied that they come from different cultures, especially because when mm. she departs, she's like hasta luego, and I'm like, you just added that yeah. in so that we would know she was Hispanic. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. um, she wears a different uniform, and I don't think I don't think oh, I don't true. think Alex wears a. They don't wear uniforms at their school at all. So I just assumed as they went to different schools because mm-hmm. they sort of like part ways. Right, right. You right, you right. What I love about this scene is that I realize that Cassie is was in Degrassi. Oh, Julie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Julie. But it was Cass. She played Cassie mm-hmm. in Degrassi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that yeah. was a cool catch. So then we are at. Philadelphia Hebrew Academy. Mm-hmm. Alex meets up with his buddies. They go to school and his friends just absolutely rip him a new one because he never wants to pass the ball. He's a ball hog, mm-hmm. if you will. We yeah. learn this about mm-hmm. him. Then we meet Mrs. Klein, who's sort of like the buttoned up, you know, stiff, older teacher. Mm-hmm. And she sort of apprehends Alex in the hall for dribbling. She takes his ball away. Oh, Alex is never without his basketball, is worth mentioning. Yes. Um, so Miss Klein takes his ball, um, and then Miss Klein tries to spin it on her finger, and then she drops it. So clearly she's, like, really uncool in this world, because <laughs> yeah. if she were cool, she would know how to do that. In this scene, like, Alex just reminds me of every... I didn't go to Jewish day school, but I did go to Hebrew school. And in my neighborhood that I grew up in, which was very Jewish, there was a Jewish basketball league that my brother played in for, like, a little while. And I'm pretty sure my dad even coached in it for at some point. Oh, wow. I don't remember if that's true or not. That might have been soccer because there, there was also a Jewish soccer league because, you Immersed. know, had to have, we had to have that too. But there was a Jewish basketball league and these... And every boy I went to Hebrew school with 
played in it. And Alex Mm -hmm. in this scene just reminds me of like every boy I went to Hebrew school with, they were always getting their basketballs confiscated and like Mm -hmm. soccer balls. And it was, so yes, this hit, this hit home for me. That's what happens next. So, uh, he gets his ball taken away. Miss Klein utterly embarrasses herself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Miss Klein's character. I'm like, at the end, I'm like cool with her, but Throughout this entire movie, I'm like, someone walk this chick out. I do yeah. not like her attitude. No. She's very, um, she's very judgmental. Yeah, and yes. I don't know. Like, we'll we'll see how we'll see her act in like pretty absurd ways later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just like she probably is just tired of these kids being brats, you know? Yeah. So after they're in the hallway, the kids make their way to class. And who is teaching their, I think it's social studies, like history, social studies class, but the one and only Rabbi Lewis, he is explaining the tale of Hanukkah, the story of Judah and the Maccabees. So the story is the cruel king Antiochus conquered the world and he claimed everyone must worship his pagan gods. And he was successful because they were pretty powerful everywhere except Israel. And then the gears are turning. <laughs> a young Alex Schlotsky is daydreaming. He is not really a great student. And he thinks about <laughs> ancient Israel. There's smoke blowing on an ancient basketball court. <laughs> and Alex is in like these, this like toga rag situation. Um, very, I'm sure the costume designer was like, got a dramaturgy person and was mm. like, this is spot on. This is very realistic. So, um, yeah. lots of burlap yeah. in this shot. <laughs> so he's dribbling the ball and there's a nar- narration going. I like a basically a mix of his daydream and what Rabbi Lewis is actually saying in class. And he's like, though they resisted, there were no match for Antiochus' army. The people of Israel desperately needed a great leader. And Alex is like dribbling down the court towards an (laughs) army of kids. And there are ancient cheerleaders in weird (laughs) gladiator-esque like toga-y outfits. And um, Tyler, who is the captain of the opposing team, is like, Schlotsky, give it up and I'll show you some mercy. Then we just get an absolutely seamless transition into the Warriors versus the Lions game. Um, no more togas, though. Yeah. So the Lions are down 22 to 50. They're Oof. not doing so hot. Their coach is not even paying attention. Um, I think it's Coach Simowitz. Yes. And Alex is like, sir, can we get a little bit of help? Some coaching, perhaps? And Simwitz is like, absolutely. Everybody, let's sing the fight song. <laughs> Come on, man. You gotta give them something. Meanwhile, the Warriors are just, you know... Wiping the floor with them, doing amazing. You know, Rabbi Lewis and Julie are in the crowd talking about just how awful this game is going. Meanwhile, on the court, Alex Ballhog Schlotzky refuses to pass, misses the basket. Um, One of the Warriors then takes a dive and he gets like a a penalty. I don't even know that that's what it's called in basketball. I don't know either. I'm not a a sports (laughs) guy. Yeah, there's like a foul. Yeah. And the Lions are really pissed. One of the... Uh, teammates who is Alex's friend starts like fighting with the ref Mm -hmm. and gets thrown out and then Tyler the warrior starts ragging on Alex and he's like if you think this is bad wait till we see wait till you see what we do with you at the tourney and I'm like (laughs) there's so much 
so much weird male energy here. I thought that torny was something people only like typed, like people would just say tournament, like. I didn't know anyone yeah. ever just said "torny." I no, feel like that's I just, like, never, never heard, heard it used that before this ever. movie. I've seen it yeah. typed. I've seen it written like as an abbreviation, but never ever stated in such a way. No. So that was never. really shocking. <laughs> I was like, "Is this wow. how they think kids talk?" Because no one's saying "torny." No one. <laughs> I mean, no. yeah. Anyway, so post game. The kids are talking about – sorry, the young adults are talking about <laughs> are talking about Christmas and Hanukkah. Alex is supposed to be getting a new hard drive for Hanukkah, 22 gigs. Wow. Think about that. That's so wild. Fire <laughs> that, technology. That would get you nothing today. <laughs> yeah. Um, TJ, one of the teammates and Alex's friends, celebrates Hanukkah and Christmas – Stick, these names, I can't. Stick is getting grilled by TJ about how Hanukkah should be about the Maccabees' victory um, and less about the presents. He's a Hanukkah traditionalist, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, But Stick just wants presents. He doesn't doesn't care. Oh, this is the part that... Is that sticks or stick? I think it's plural. Sticks? Oh, I thought it was just stick. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We're going to get canceled I know. for not having the right name. No, it just sounds funny to call him Stick. <laughs> we can call him Stick. Oh, my God. I guess it is Stick. Why is his name wow. Stick? Someone <laughs> sound off in the comments. <laughs> like Stick. It's true for like Stickberg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. Um, okay, so this is the yeah. part of the story that Rabbi Lewis doesn't get to. But basically... Mm. Like, you know, the temple's being destroyed, Antiochus's army is, you know, tearing it to shreds, and the Maccabees only have enough oil to last them for one night, but that mm-hmm. oil lasts them for eight days, mm-hmm, and that yes. is why Hanukkah is eight days. Anyway, I just wanted to preface that because Stick mm-hmm. doesn't want presents, and he doesn't buy, or Stick wants presents, but he doesn't buy the oil lasting for eight days. Someone mm-hmm. says, that's why it's a miracle. Duh. So then the boys ask what Schlotz is asking for for Hanukkah, besides the word pass being removed from the English language. Burn. Wow. <laughs> roast. Then Schlotz is pissed. He says that uh, he'd pass if he wanted a turnover. The only thing they can pass is the PSATs. Whoa. Yeah, this, this part of the script is pretty ripe. Pretty. There's, yeah. there's just so much to unpack. <laughs> pretty smelly. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, So anyway, uh, every year they get shat on at the Liberty Tournament. But this year, the tournament, or the tourney, if you will, uh, Mm. is in their home gym. And Alex wants that W so badly. Um, The whole team laughs at him. Alex walks away, is like, F you guys. Yeah, this is like the part of the movie where I was like, Alex Shlotsky is four feet tall. And (laughs) I feel for you. I like basketball, too. But... Yeah. Not everyone was made for the NBA, my friend. Yeah. He's four feet tall, but his ambitions are sky high. We love a short king. We love to see him. <laughs> yeah, we love a short king. It was around this part in the movie where I wondered if the writer was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, and he is indeed. Um, his Well, his last name is Silverman, which... You know, we can never assume anything, but I do assume that this man <laughs> yeah, is Jewish. But I do, and he is. So yes, I but I do, <laughs> but I do, and he is. 
<laughs> so yeah, it was around this this point because like I feel like it's very stereotypical that there that his Alex's burn is about you know academics like PSATs, PSATs. Yeah. Like there, we'll get we'll get to his home life and what his mom expects of him. It's a very common Jewish trope. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I was like, I'm either like, this is either like a Jewish person, like leaning into this or a non-Jewish person being like, this is what Jewish people do. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Cause it was so centric around them being nerds. And I was like, that's cool. Like that they're all smart, but I'm like, is this like, are the writers and like directors on this like Jewish? Because they're totally like stereotyping these young adults and being like, they are. Yeah, mm. for sure. But they, I mean, like both my parents are lawyers. Like it is like, it yeah. is a stereotype that oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to that part. Okay. And then we'll talk about, mm. uh, we'll talk about the stereotypes that mm. they lean into. Mm-hmm. So after school that day, Alex is at dinner He's talking to his dad, telling him that his teammates don't care. They're just continuing on their fucking losing streak. So his mom comes home and she's like, it's not the end of the world. And Alex is like, this is the single most important event of my whole fucking life. And his mom is like, you know, what about being a doctor or a lawyer? Did you want to chime in there, Emery? It looks Here like you want to. No, okay, this this was the part where I was like, "Who wrote this?" Because it's either gonna be like it's like one of those. It's like being from Philadelphia. Like you can't say Philadelphia sucks, but I can. Like it's mm-hmm. like one of those. The writer is Jewish, which means that likely he's leaning into that rather than using it as like a vicious stereotype. Yeah. Not that, you know, saying Mm -hmm. that you should be a lawyer is vicious or anything. It is a very con. I mean, it is true. Like, um, I, my, my parents have been pretty, have been very encouraging of me, like doing what I want to do, which is not being Mm -hmm. a doctor or a lawyer. Um, but I, it is a very, like, that is a true stereotype of the Jewish community. So, um, I think it's just funny that they leaned into it. And then I also was just like, he's 14. Yeah. Like, is it, he's yeah. supposed to want to be like, I don't know, like an astronaut or like, I mean, maybe not. Mm-hmm. That's like when you're younger, but like he's supposed to aim big when you're, you're supposed to aim big when you're 14. It's when you're older that your like dreams go to yeah. die. That's <laughs> so. when your dreams get crushed. But his dad is a little bit more lenient, and he does say, um, you know, as we grow up, sometimes her dreams change, and Alex is, like, super butthurt, and he's like, b-ball is my dream. But his mom... His mom is kind of brutal, and she's like, yeah. making it to the NBA is a pipe dream. I gotta go, gets a page because she's a doctor and has to head back <laughs> to the blast. hospital. Yeah. Gotta, truly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I feel for Alex, you know? Like, he's got a lot of heart. He, a lot of heart, a lot of dreams. And he's got yeah. talent, too, from like what we yeah. know about him. And like, yeah, his friends say he's a ball hog, but he's got game, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they they do be saying that. They, they sometimes be saying that. So <laughs> yeah, the more yeah. unrealistic thing I find, not just this movie. I said this in High School Musical too, but mm-hmm. because I've seen so many like sports documentaries and just like know how it works. If you were fourteen, you would already be totally immersed in like clinics like you would be on a travel team you would already Mm. be doing like way more than being on your middle school or high school basketball team so I'm like if the NBA was actually a stream there's like more problems than his height because he's not doing enough right now right or he'd be like I remember there were kids in my school who were getting 
scouted to colleges in eighth grade. You know, like yeah. people like scouts come and they watch games and it doesn't seem like they were doing that at this school. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Then we cut to the alley outside their apartment where Alex is angsty shooting hoops. His dad comes out and he's like, you know, the NBA takes players from all over the world. So actually your shots are <laughs> even worse than they were before. Just really twisting the knife on this poor kid. But then the dad does say that, you know, for his mom, like being a doctor is so important to her. She thinks it's the most important thing anyone could do with their life. And Alex is like, yeah, but is it as exciting as hitting a three-point at the buzzer? And I'm like, saving a life, (laughs) hitting a three-pointer. I'm not going to say one's better than the other. Oh, my God. I want to know what kind of doctor Alex's mother is. Yeah, I don't know. She seems to have a lot of free time for a doctor. So I don't know. She answered that page, like, very slowly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. I got the sense that she was, like, working in a hospital. But then when I saw Mm -hmm. her office, I was like, do you do more, like, administrative? Or, like, are you, like, the director, the head of something? Because she has, like, a beautiful office at work to just, like, lounge. And it's not like she's on the floor. She's not wearing a lab coat ever. Yeah, I don't know. And she also has time to be on the school's board of directors. Yeah. What are you doing, Mrs. Schlotsky? Are you even a doctor? If that is your real name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, then Alex and his dad start, you know, just playing some one-on-one, joking around, and the dad tries to shoot and accidentally hits uh, his car. Mm-hmm. with the basketball making the alarm go off and he's like i'd like to see you do that some classic dad jokes <laughs> yeah we love it yeah I, I really like alex's dad mr oh, yeah. Yeah. i think he's a really yeah. endearing character mm-hmm. um Definitely. and even though he's like even though he is like your odds are really low like it does seem like he is more on alex's Definitely. side He's not trying to, like, crush his son's dreams, but he is encouraging him to do what he loves, which I think is really nice. Yes. So we are back at school the next day. Uh, Rabbi Lewis is playing some b-ball with paper, you know, just shooting trash can Mm -hmm. hoops or whatever. He invites Alex in. He says, something on your mind? Besides that yarmulke. We love some rabbi humor. Oh, yeah. He says it multiple times. He makes that same joke (laughs) multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, this is a recurring theme. Oh, my God. But we love rabbi humor. Alex says uh, he was thinking about the rabbi's lesson and how Judah Maccabee led his people to victory and that their basketball team really needs a Judah. Um, mm-hmm. So then Alex asks Rabbi Lewis to hire a real basketball coach. The rabbi says that Alex's mom is on the board of directors. So Alex should just ask her, which, you know, of course, Alex knows is going to be hopeless because she's so anti his life, basically. Yeah. So the rabbi says that it's not about when or where you'll get a Judah, but will you recognize him when you see him? Which, you know, sends Alex into a spiral. As a as a young adolescent, did you find yourself often going to your rabbi for advice? Were you close with your rabbi? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, no, no. However, I, I was very close with my cantor growing up. Um, and he was not a rabbi, but he went to rabbinical school and he, the cantor in the synagogue is, um, the one who sings everything. 
Um, I think it's the same in church, but I really don't know because I've hardly mm-hmm. ever been. But the cantor was the one who ran the choir, which is mm-hmm. how I got into singing and subsequently how I got into theater. And I like really, really looked up to him. Yeah. I didn't really like go to him with any sort of like burning questions, but he was very inspirational to me, Cantor mm-hmm. Tillman. So yeah, no, but I mm-hmm. never, I never, uh, in college, I, I, I really liked the, uh, the reform rabbi at NYU. Um, so Rabbi Nikki, if you're listening, hey. Yeah. <laughs> loyal, loyal listener of the pod, I'm sure. Hey. <laughs> so we're hanging out after school. Julie and Alex, mm-hmm. a relationship, a love interest that never comes to fruition in this movie. Never, not once. I know. The tension is palpable, but mm-hmm. they're playing they're playing hoops. Um, yeah, they're getting their bebo on after school and like Alex is trying to figure out what the rabbi meant. Julie's like, I really don't know. Um, Stick thinks that if Alex doesn't want to flunk, he should just study biology instead of playing, which I'm like, Stick, just go home. You're studying on the court. Just mind your business. (laughs) Mind your business, Stick. So Alex is like, I need a coach, not an angel, when suddenly Alex sees a man shooting hoops in the distance on the other court across the way. He's making shot after shot, and Alex is like, fuck it. He goes over. Stick and Julie are like, OMG, stranger danger. Yeah. But Alex just passes the ball back to him as the man keeps shooting. He's making shot after shot. He's great. Mm -hmm. And Alex is like, what's your name? But this guy is obviously not interested in talking to a child as he's trying to exercise and practice. So... Alex is like, let's have a shootout. If I miss first, I'll leave you alone. But if you miss first, you have to tell me your name. And he's like, mm, what if I don't give you the ball and I stick you through that hoop sideways and walks away? I'm like, understandable. Understandable. <laughs> I'd be so pissed if some yeah. like twerp <laughs> came up to me when I was practicing or working out and was like, here's a here's a proposition i just be like no absolutely (laughs) yeah so alex calls after him but he's already driving off and (laughs) unbelievable alex gets his license plate he's like jm165 he somehow knows how to like run a plate or like figures out that like this plate is from like the University of Virginia Booster Club. It's like a custom plate. Yeah. Truly don't understand how he has access to that information. Unreal. But he finds the mystery man on like the UV basketball like team website. His name Mm -hmm. is Lamont Carr. He's the former point guard. They're like super impressed by his stats. Stick says that, oh my God, this Lamont guy must be Judah. His nickname is also the hammer, just like Mm -hmm. Judah. And, you know, the license plate, J.M. Judah Maccabee. Same initials, 165. Yeah. yeah, 165 is the year that the Maccabees drove out the invaders and reclaimed their temple. And Alex is like, either way, this dude might be our angel. Yeah. And then mom comes in with a plate of <laughs> burnt ass cookies, um, leaves them for the kids. Stick says the Ratched. last time. Yeah. <laughs> Stick says the last time he tried to eat one of her cookies, he chipped his tooth i was always under the impression that maccabee meant hammer not that judah maccabee's nickname was the hammer but then i googled it and i appear to be wrong 
But, and that's fine. But I just was like really like lost and confused <laughs> because I, I was always under the impression that Maccabee was what Did it say like hammer. what Maccabee actually means? Mm, I didn't. I just sort of was like, oh, all right. And then I, yeah. <laughs> and then I gave up. But yeah, if anyone else listening felt the same way I did, let us know. Yeah. All right. So we are back at school. And the boys are worried about studying, but Alex is really trying hard to get them to go see Lamont mm-hmm. at the basketball courts. Miss Klein tells the boys to STFU or else she will raise the dead or else they'll raise yeah. the dead. Excuse me. And Stick is like, they, we already have. We already brought Judah Maccabee back from the dead. Mighty, mighty words. Like Stick really has a sort mm-hmm. of complex going on. Klein is surprised that Schlotsky would recognize anyone who wasn't a basketball player, mm-hmm. another burn. And basically both boys decide to shut up and they leave. Back on the court, the boys are watching Lamont and they're like, yeah, he doesn't even look like Judah. Pretty sure he wasn't a six foot tall African-American man. And I'm like, you know that this is like the middle east like this area i also was thinking that too (laughs) so actually it's more likely he wasn't white but i digress so yeah alex is like listen all that matters when we needed a coach he showed up i just thought that was funny because he did not show up for that he's like (laughs) Like, minding his own business like living it like the mom's just like living his life (laughs) and alex is like he's here for us it's like no he's not anyway yeah so he's like Try not to look so terrible. Tells him to start playing while he goes and talks to Lamont. So Alex goes back up to Lamont and he's like, listen, this is my team over there. Oh, dude, you want to talk about, I don't know what a kippah is. A kippah is a yarmulke. They're the same thing. One is Yiddish and one is Hebrew. Cannot remember which one. I think yarmulke is Yiddish mm-hmm. and kippah is Hebrew. It is so far back on his head. This is like not at all important but i'm watching this movie and i'm just like he's gotta have like 60 bobby pins in there something like how is it staying on his head they are Mm. they are already like precarious and while playing basketball too yeah that's another thing that got me and and like i think you know whoever wants to wear a kipa yamaka they should do it but like alex's family does not seem like I don't think his dad wears one and Alex is no. never without one so I, I, I thought that was interesting throughout oh really his father doesn't Mm-mm. I mean he he probably has to wear one mm-hmm. to school but he wears it like at yeah. all times pretty much and his family seems pretty mm-hmm. secular and in my experience most Jewish men don't wear a yarmulke unless they're like more mm-hmm. religious than Alex appears to be. But yeah, I don't I don't really know. I mean, anyone yeah. can wear one. I was surprised to see them wearing them like while playing basketball. Yeah, I'm not that surprised that when they're playing mm-hmm. at school yeah. that they're wearing them because if it's right, a rule yeah. that they have to wear them at school, that makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, you got to secure that thing. And Alex is just like way far back on the back of his head. And I just had a lot (laughs) of thoughts about that. Um, so anyway, that's all I have to say. So he goes over and, uh, TJ, Joker, Stick, Big Ben, they're all playing the game. Alex is like, listen, we have this huge tourney coming up in two months. Will you please help us win? And Lamont is like, you should find a different hobby. 
And Alex is like, look, we can train here, please. <laughs> and since he's not with um, any team right now, you know, he has the time. And basically, Alex regales him with all the information that he found out about Lamont. And then Lamont is like, yeah. look, I'm only in town because I'm trying to get a spot on the Sixers. And Alex is like, but we need a coach, um, not a babysitter. And you can help us while you wait for the Sixers. So Lamont says coaching is for husbands. And then Alex is like, we will pay you $40 an hour. So Lamont is like, damn, uh, you got me at $40 an hour. I will see you at 4 p.m. sharp. Lamont is like, I can't pass that up right now. Especially in uh, 2003. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a lot of money. Quite a chunk of change. I mean, that's like a lot. I feel like $40 an hour is like not bad if you're going to, if you're working an hourly job that's like double minimum wage. So totally, not bad, not bad. So the next morning, Alex goes down to the kitchen for breakfast. Um, His mom is there because his dad is at work. So she's doing the cooking today. She just slams some frozen Eggos on a plate. Pretty brutal. Yeah. So Alex is like suspicious of her, like making him breakfast. He's like, do you want something from me? Like, what's the sitch? And she's like, well, there's a student shadowing opportunity at the hospital like, I could totally get you into this, like, weird teenage internship thing. Um, and then Mishlotsky is like, well, if you think about the internship, maybe you can cook your own breakfast and not eat these frozen, frozen <laughs> waffles <laughs> I've served. So we're back at the court after that breakfast of champions. Mm-hmm. First practice with Lamont. Um, one of the kids calls him Judah. Lamont is like, what? And... Then that same kid, I don't remember which kid it was, but he says, it's what we Jewish people call our great athletes in case we ever have one. Such a good, wow. a great self-burn. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> At least they're aware, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to get this wrong. He has them do 1755s. Yeah. 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 It's like, I think it's 17 meters and 55 seconds. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I watched them do it, but I was like, they're just like running. Yeah. It's basically like suicides. I hate it. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. I know what suicides are. Yeah. It looks like utter nightmare fuel. The boys are really tired. Lamont has them. He's just merciless with the drills. Mm -hmm. Big Ben looks like he's going to drop dead. Big Ben also goes on to play young Matt Flamhalf. In 13 going on 30. Oh. If anyone adorable. Thank you. Um, and also the kid that plays, I want to say Joker, but it could be any of them with these like insane names. Um, he goes on to be one of the mathletes on the opposing team <gasps> in Mean yes. Girls. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know. Yes. I was trying to yes. figure out the entire time where I knew his face from. And at first I thought he was the kid from Sky High. Oh, yeah. L-O-L. But then I looked it up and it wasn't him. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I'll never know. <laughs> yeah. And then I gave up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was trying to figure out where I knew him from. Yeah, because I was like, I know this face. So I looked it up. I was like, yes, he is from Mean Girls. That makes he sense. looks the same. Yeah. Um, okay, so the session ends. The boys are, like, mad because Lamont made them actually do the sports. Yeah. Um, and Lamont says that the only way to make them better is conditioning. Alex reaches into his sweaty pocket Ew. and gives Lamont like a crumpled bill with 
like also a tissue or something. Like there's yeah, like a napkin also in his hand. And Lamont is like, Lamont is like, next time pay me before practice. I'm like yeah. getting shivers at the thought of how like sticky his hand probably was. Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like, uh, so Lamont then puts the money. He goes, he walks back to what we will find out is his home. Mm-hmm. We find out that he lives in his van under a bridge. Um, and he puts that money in a letter. Then he proceeds to look at pictures of his girlfriend and his son. Yeah. Yeah. So this job, while annoying, probably actually is helping him out quite a bit, or at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Enough to send money home. So uh, that broke my heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The next day, they're back on the court. You know, car shows up. Joker's like, I'm going to show you guys once and for all this guy's Judah Maccabee. So he goes over and he's like, "Mm, (laughs) What's your dad's name? And he's like, uh, they call him Skip, but his real name is Matthew. He has three brothers. One passed away. And they're all like, oh, my Just God. Just like Judah. <laughs> and then the team hands car their cash. Big Ben offers him $10 if he never has to hear seventeen fifty five again. And Cara's like, oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. Stuffs it in his shirt and it's like seventeen fifty five. poor poor boy poor boy but conditioning is truly the only way to get better so you know he works them to the bone again and then tyler rides by he talks some smack schlotsky starts engaging with tyler but coach walks over and he's like no puts the kibosh on that after practice the boys are like look we don't know how we can keep coming up with this payment because our parents are getting suspicious and alex is like i can't ask my mom i don't want her to find out and i'm like alex you're screwing everyone over you just need to talk to your mother but (laughs) go off king whatever you say right alex (laughs) is like okay like we'll pay you we will pay you 40 Mm dollars an hour and then he's like but i can't i'm like alex this is your idea, man. The financial planning on this yeah. one. My God. Poor. It was so poor. It was so poorly planned. Yeah. So then Alex goes home and comes up with his payment plan. Uh, he pulls out <laughs> this Julius Irving basketball card, uh, his prized, uh, I think his his bat mitzvah gift or bar mitzvah. Bar, mitzvah, like bar yeah. mitzvah. Yeah. It was his bar mitzvah gift um, in order to pay Lamont. He's going to sell it. So mom gets home. She has Alex meet her at the car to like come to unload groceries. Mom is then like, oh, by the way, I got you into that shadow program at the hospital. And Alex is yeah, like, yeah, what you wanted. Isn't that what you wanted? <laughs> My basketball <laughs> practice. The big game. <laughs> the tourney. <laughs> the tourney. The tourney. His hair like turns gray and yeah. he like ages 10 years because <laughs> He's so upset. Oh, my God. And mom is like, sweetie, this is an amazing opportunity, and I need to get you ready for life. And Alex is just devastated. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so funny. I mean, it's not funny. Alex is, like, truly just beside himself, clearly. Mm -hmm. So next, we are back with sweetheart Julie. Mm -hmm. What a nice girl. And Schlotz, clearly. I feel like this was like a... You know what? He's going to have a girl best friend, but it's not like that is like what the writers were like trying to do. But yeah, like, of right. Of course, we're going to, of course, we're going to like, I mean, I know that they're like young, but like, come on. Like, yeah. 
Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> Julie and Schlatz are chilling. Julie asks Schlatz, whoa, that's a mouthful, why he's selling the card if he won't even be there at practice. And Alex is like, you don't get it. Like, this is, like, really important to us. And you come to the games, but you don't really, like, know what it means to us that we, like, play this game. Yeah. And Julie is like, what? Rounds with a famous doctor? I get that. I know what that means. And Alex is like, well, then you should go to the thing instead of me and I'll go to practice. I think they're flirting. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that they're as flirting. Chill, yeah, as adolescents. It's like eight, I'm like 80% sure, but like, yeah, they're pretty much flirting. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, oh, well, not all of us because like, I don't know. I'm shipping them personally. I just wish that Alex would take his head out of his ass for like one moment and yeah. realize that like Julie is clearly in love with him. I'm like, you're so oblivious. <laughs> She comes to all your games. She doesn't care about basketball. She cares about you. Yeah, seriously. I, I want to just make it known that I went to a school with a similar uniform. Mm. And as Julie and Alex are walking away, it becomes clear that Julie is wearing sweatpants under her skirt, mm. which was a look, a W, a, a, which was L-E, an L-E-W-K that I, mm. Emery Schaefer, used to pull off. Around that same age. I love it. And I was fully triggered by that. (laughs) I love that Katora look. Yeah. It was oat, if you will. Yes. So we cut to Lamont, and he is with a mechanic. His van is smoking. It's not doing great. And the mechanic is Mm -hmm. like, look, it's going to cost at least 300 to fix. So Alex shows up to give Lamont their money. But Lamont is like, okay, the deal is off. I need to make some serious cash. My van broke down. Alex is like, no, 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 no. We can pay you double. And I'm like, where are you getting $80 an hour, dude? Insane. And Lamont is like, I can't do that to you guys. But Alex convinces him. And Alex says there's one more thing. He asks Lamont if he would be willing to ease up a little. Not because he wants him to be like softer on the team, but he just wants... You know, everyone on the team to love the game as much as he loves it. Um, I have this. I've honestly been thinking about this part of the movie for like a few days now. Anyway, so we're at practice. Lamont comes up to them and he says, my dogs. Hey. And the boys are like, what? First of all, well, I, I don't know. I'm like, you've really never heard that before. But <laughs> apparently these kids have never been called that. And they don't understand it. And Lamont says that dogs is a term of endearment. It's like brother. It's like friend. But I cannot stop thinking. And I want to preface this by saying that this is a Disney Channel original movie. I don't know if the writer of this movie like intended to make this to make this like analogy. However, back in the day, I mean, anti-Semitism is definitely not gone. But back in the day when it was more obvious there would be signs on buildings that say, like, no dogs and no Jews. Mm. Um, That was a really, like, that was a really common phrase. And so, and, like, dogs being compared to Jews was really common. So I I heard that. And obviously, obviously, Mm. like, dogs is, like, not, that is, like, so I'm not suggesting that Lamont meant it that way. Mm. Um, But I did think it was an interesting choice and perhaps some really, really smart writing. But, again, a DCOM I don't know. I don't know. How, I'm probably looking into it a lot, but I could not ignore that. That mm. was that kind of um, that spoke to me. So anyway, Lamont uh, says he's going to take a different approach to practice. 
they're going to start shooting. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Get your hands on the ball. Yes, that's pretty important. Uh, someone says, he's not a ghost. He's a god. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, of course, we have um, a favorite of mine, a 2000s montage mm. of them Amazing. shooting the ball. Mm. And Lamont says that they have potential. And someone says, us? A bunch of Jewish kids like us have basketball potential. <laughs> the ba- <laughs> These kids are so self-aware. <laughs> they're like, we shouldn't be good. It's like not in our DNA. <laughs> We're not, it's not, we're like, they're not, it's not on our DNA to be good at this game. This team loves a self-burn. Loves it. They're so self-deprecating. Yeah. So Jewish. Anyway. <laughs> so Lamont, but Lamont is like really encouraging and he's like, don't put yourselves in a box. You have to start believing in yourself mm-hmm. if you're going to do what you want to do, yeah. which is really, yes. really good advice. Wise words. Wise words. Very wise. So that night, um, Alex is you know, talking to his boys. They're like, we got to get money to pay Lamont. His mom then gets home and she asks like, oh my gosh, how was your first day? Your your internship, your whole mm-hmm. thing. And um, he's like, yeah, it was great. You know, it, it went so fast. It felt like I wasn't even there. LOL. She then is like, you know, being at the hospital, it'll give you good karma. And he's like, mom nobody under the age of 50 says karma you say you have to say mojo and i'm like no who says mojo alex no one under the age of 50 for sure i i feel like karma is definitely the more used word yeah today yeah whenever i hear mojo i think of mojo jojo from the powderpuff girls same so then the next day the boys have come up with a scheme they have decided to make like a makeshift coffee cart to like raise money i guess one of the boys is like trying to sell the coffee he's like this coffee is guaranteed to put the hip <laughs> in your hop the boo in your bootay of course right at that moment none other than mrs klein drives up and she's like excuse me and joker is like uh what and miss klein is like asking what they're up to she's very suspicious of them and alex says that they are fundraising for unfortunate kids who are looking for better coordination and self-esteem. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and drives off. Not entirely a lie. Yeah. And then one of the kids is like, if she buys that, I'll eat my yamaka. But I don't understand, like, why she's so pressed. Like, it's not during school hours. And, like, kids do lemonade stands, like, all the time. Yeah. So I don't really know why she's so, like, suspicious. Miss Klein got her nose in a lot of people's business, honestly, in this movie. Yeah. Maybe she like it wasn't maybe she was like a basketball protege and like mm. has a back maybe that was her like inter- maybe that was her backstory. Yeah. Maybe she always wanted to shoot the hoops and mm. never did. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I doubt she's, it. she's resentful towards these. She just boys. like hates everyone and everything. <laughs> That's all. So the next day, uh, Mrs. Schlotz talks to her husband and is like super jazzed about Alex enjoying shadowing at the hospital, which, by the way, he didn't do. Mm-hmm. He mentions some of her good karma or her husband mentions that um, maybe some of her good karma were, would help him selling a condo. And then Mrs. Schlotz is like, mojo is what the kids are saying now. 
So this, this bit was like really popular. Yeah. I don't get it. So then Mrs. Schlotz gets a call from Miss Klein, who's tattling mm-hmm. on Alex mm-hmm. and the boys selling coffee, which brings me back to your point, Christina mm-hmm. and Mo, everyone's point. Why is Miss Klein such a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. She has her nose in everyone's business. But back at school, Mm -hmm. the next day, Alex is talking to Rabbi Lewis, and he's like, listen, I'm just doing what you told me. And Rabbi is like, "Uh, I didn't say to lie to your parents and hustle strangers for money. But Alex is like, we needed a leader, and Lamont showed up. I think it was meant to be. But now we've run into other issues, because my mom says we can't be coached (laughs) by a stranger. And the rabbi is like, clearly... Yeah. And Alex is like, but the Torah tells us to invite in strangers and love them as ourselves. And I'm like, that's nice. Nice. That's what you garnered from all the lessons <laughs> you didn't pay any attention to. But Rabbi is like, yes, I love this Rabbi character. He's like very cool, very chill. And he's like, this is why we're all going to have Shabbat at my house tonight. So we cut to Shabbat dinner. They are singing at the menorah. Yeah. They're saying the bracha. Is mm. it the menorah or are they just lighting Shabbat candles? I actually I don't can't know. Remember. Oh, I don't know. I think that they're saying Shabbat candles because the prayer that they're saying is not the Hanukkah mm. prayer. It's the Shabbat prayer. And later we see them lighting right. the menorah. Right. I think mm-hmm. they're just saying the bracha over the candles. Mm. Um, and they, and what I thought was really great about the scene is like, they are like, I feel like when I do Shabbat at someone's house, it's everyone's like, like everyone's sort of just like muttering it like no one's like these people are saying they're singing out and it's just like i've never really heard people like when i'm like with my family like well and we don't we don't really do shabbat anymore but when we used to we like we like would sing out obviously but like when you're with other people i feel like everyone just sort of like mutters it until Mm -hmm. it's over so i thought that was very Mm -hmm. funny um lamont is there he feels extremely out of place at first. I think they like give him a yarmulke to put on as well. They sit down for dinner. He has no idea what's on his plate. It's a uh, gefilte fish. And Alex is like, I highly recommend eating with horseradish. Vomit, vomit, <laughs> vomit, vomit. <laughs> gefilte fish is disgusting. Um, it is a very polarizing Jewish food. Basically, it's a, it's a, basically it's like a fish meatball. And it's made of like different people. Some my my parents and my brother love it. Mm -hmm. We'll eat it by the jarful. They love that stuff. I think it tastes like butt. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Is it like salty? Is it like? I've never had it. It's fishy. It's just fishy. Mm -hmm. It's like it is salty, but like ugh. I also don't like horseradish, so like it's just the whole thing for me is horrible and. I thought this was interesting because nobody eats. I mean, okay, maybe some. If you do, send send it in. But mm-hmm. I, in my experience, gefilte fish is a Passover food. Mm-hmm. I've never ever seen anybody serve it at Shabbat. That was super surprising to me. But like, also, this is like a Hanukkah movie in a world of Christmas movies. So I guess the writer was like, "How can I make this more Jewish?" Right. I know gefilte fish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, oh, gefilte fish is just, if you ever go to, to someone's house and they serve you gefilte fish, never feel bad about not liking it is basically okay. what I'm saying. I fully give you permission not to like it. Good to know. Good to know. Yes. Um, All right. Coach Carr, on the <laughs> other hand, loves it. He's very into it. Yeah. Um, and then he says the most contrived 
uh, possible line in this whole film. <laughs> and he's like, all I need now is a glass of milk. And everyone's <gasps> like, yes. <gasps> <gasps> also, if this man is trying to drink a gl- glass of milk with dinner, we got bigger problems. Yeah, we got he's, huge problems. Uh, psychopath. <laughs> I, I think that we've talked about this before. Like, I don't know a single adult who just like drinks a glass of milk ever. That is so upsetting to me. (laughs) Yeah, I saw this TikTok of somebody talking about how they like went on a first date and the person they were on a date with just ordered like milk to drink with dinner. And I was like, run, red flag, big red flag. A white Russian, delicious. Right. A glass of milk is psychotic. It's like really not for me (laughs) at all. Yeah. Um, So yeah, obviously everyone's taken aback and explain uh, that they don't eat meat and drink milk. It's not kosher. Yeah, and um, Rabbi Lewis says that eating kosher is hokum. I don't know. I actually don't know what that word means. Yeah, but the laws of kashrut, it's um, it's not done. Hmm. It's um, unclean. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking, if you're talking kashrut laws, it's unclean. Basically, the what am I trying to say? The idea behind not mixing milk and meat is. Oh, I might have this backwards. The milk is represents the mother. The meat represents the child. Mm, mm. And so to eat them together is like the mother consuming the child. Right. And that is bad. Gotcha. You can eat milk and meat in the same day. You just have to wait six hours. Oh, okay. Well, I know that with kosher meat, it's because certain parts of the animal are unclean. And I thought that it was because the, the milk comes from a different part of the animal than the meat yeah no you can eat like so like beef is kosher you can eat every part of the cow in fact like you're like kind of in especially like if you've ever met like for instance like a holocaust survivor things like tongue and liver and like the parts you might otherwise discard like they're like you're encouraged to eat them because it's wasteful mm-hmm. but like pigs are not kosher mm-hmm. none of no part of the pig is. i think that's because of the talons of the pig or at least I know that in the it's Bible. It's the split hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think it's the different parts of it. And I could be wrong. I truly don't know. I know that there are like kosher cuts of meat just from mm-hmm. not even anything Jewish, but like from like shopping in the grocery store when I did eat meat and stuff. It'd be like mm-hmm. like the Hebrew national hot dogs are kosher because they come from a certain part. Yeah. It just means that they've been blessed by a rabbi. Mm. so I could take like my chicken in the fridge that I have right now it's not kosher but I could bring it to a rabbi and they could bless it and then it'd be kosher and it's also killed in a certain way mm. yeah the laws of kashrut are like very extensive mm. um they, they, the animal has to be killed painlessly in one knife like stroke uh, um okay. to the neck so that they don't feel it yeah actually if you're interested in like ethical meat consumption I don't know if anyone out there is but if you are kosher being kosher is a really interesting place to start mm. Because um, the way that they the the way that meat becomes kosher starts with how you kill it, basically. Yeah. So mm. that's that. But anyway, back to the scene. Yeah, the rabbi basically says that, like, you know, it can't really be explained in modern times. It's just like one of those things. Yeah, Lamont then says that you know his mother always used to say that if you understood everything that God said, then you'd be God. And they're like, mm-hmm. excellent point. Rabbi Lewis then asks. Um, Lamont like what his major was and Mr. Schlotsky mentions that he seems like a natural coach like the team is doing really well Alex is also super excited everyone's excited basically except for Mrs. Schlotsky yeah who is still very upset and she's like well 
you know, a lot of the parents are very concerned that a stranger is coaching their kids in public, which is a very valid um, concern, I would say. So the rabbi then says that Lamont should just start coaching at the gym, at the yeshiva. And he says, so come on over, even if you're not kosher. Um, so perhaps you, you don't have to be Jewish to teach at a Hebrew school. I remember when I worked at, I worked at a synagogue for a few months um, last year. I was stage managing a show there. And they were like, we know you're not Jewish, but it's okay. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, we're going to point out the differences between you and I, mm. but we're cool with yeah. it. <laughs> you're just like, all right. <laughs> so then Mr. Schlotsky then mentions that, you know, the NBA was actually started by mostly Jewish teams, uh, like the BAA. He starts getting really excited. And then Mr. Schlotsky pipes in again to stop the excitement She's like, obviously, he can't take this position because he's looking to get picked up by the Sixers. Like, clearly, he doesn't have time. And then Rabbi Lewis is like, oh, why don't we just hire you on, like, a day-to-day basis? Um, You're free to leave at any point. Certainly, no one can object to that. So, Lamont is on the payroll, baby. And Mrs. Schlotsky's like, uh, (laughs) why I ought to? Boom. Yeah. Okay, so now um, Mrs. Schlotsky is... PO'd because Alex now Alex has like no chance of concentrating in school and he's not going to get into a good university but also like there aren't they middle school are they in eighth grade he's like 14 maybe a freshman or so he's either in eighth school. grade eighth or, or ninth, ninth grade. grade yeah because yeah. I was gonna say like I remember in eighth grade there was like an like pe- people were already talking to me about college like like oh you need good grades blah blah but no one sees your middle school grades no anyway one, yeah. this is a tangent i don't need mm-hmm. to go on cuz it's not important but anyway then dad is like she should just let him have his own dream even though he might never make it to the nba we should give the rabbi's plan a chance and i'm like yes dad mm-hmm. he's 14 he should do what he loves we live in a society where our whole life revolves around what we have to show for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm with dad on this one. Yes. Then we're back at school. Um, Mrs. Klein is being annoying about the basketball again. Um, I'm pretty sure she tries to confiscate it from him. No? Yeah. She like tells Lamont that she has no problem confiscating a basketball from him as well. And I'm like, right. Jesus Christ. She's obviously flirting with him. Obviously. This was obviously, <laughs> that was obviously a pass on him. <laughs> so then we're at practice. Lamont is on Alex about passing the ball. Alex eventually does pass the ball and they end up scoring. The rabbi's been watching and he comes down and says that they've improved a ton Lamont says that they need to believe that they're going to win if they're going to win. Then the rabbi says that the ancient Maccabees were hopelessly outnumbered, so they had to devise a strategy. They escaped to the hills and carved tunnels into the rock, and then they made other turns to the right so that when the enemy came, they had to attack with their left hand, which was their weaker hand. Mm. Lamont like immediately identifies this lesson um, and applies it to basketball in the form of the full court press which is when you put pressure on the opponent for the full length of the court Mm -hmm. um exhausting them essentially Lamont does seem like a very good coach he's he has a good way of talking to the kids yeah yeah he's smart too like he he was immediately like oh I know exactly what lesson he's he's telling them and Mm -hmm. we're gonna do that and like he's like um they're they're different you know like Lamont and the kids come from very different places they're in very different parts of their lives but he's able to get on their level um in a way that they're able to understand which I think is really cool Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So after practice, Car heads out and Stick is like, does anyone need a ride? And Alex is like, yeah, TJ does. Alex takes off on his bike, follows Car in his van, and sneaks all the way to the bridge that Car parks underneath to, like, you know, live his life after practice. And Car gets out of his van. He massages his knees. They're scarred from the surgery that he had because I don't know if we mentioned this prior, but, yeah, he had a knee injury, and that's why he stopped playing for a bit. Yeah. Alex walks on down to where he's parked, and Car catches him. He's like, congratulations. Well, now you know. I live in my van. And Alex is like, well, people maybe, but ghosts. And Car's like, what? And he's like, some people think that you are the ghost of Judah Maccabee. And Car is like, mm-hmm. can ghosts have bad knees? And Alex feels like an ass. He's like, all right, I'm going to go home. I'm so sorry. But Coach actually invites him to stay for dinner, and they eat outside on his little fold-out table. They chat. Coach Carr is just a really nice person, and he tells them a little bit about his time um, playing college ball. And Carr averaged, allegedly, (laughs) 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. And I said, what are you talking about? (laughs) Did a little research. And just to put this in perspective, Kobe Bryant, played 20 seasons for the Lakers. His career, Mm -hmm. his whole career averages are 25 points a game, 5.2 rebounds, and 4.7 assists. And that's out of 1,300 games. So unless college ball was like that shitty, the stats are off the charts. (laughs) Phil's literally like smirking because, yeah, it doesn't make any damn sense. So Alex is impressed, of course, and he's like, I'd give anything to do what you're doing. And... You're just like following your dreams, doing what you love. But Carr is like, this is what I love. And shows him a photo of his wife and his kid. And he's like, they're back in Virginia and I miss them every day. Mm. And he asks Alex if he, you know, can keep this info between the two of them. Because, you know, he's living in not really in the way he wants. And that kind of sucks. So Alex agrees. And Coach is like, you know, maybe being this Judah guy will give me some luck. Except... Miss Klein decides not to let that happen. Mm-mm. She uh, goes into Lamont's office and she's like, um, since you're working here now, we're going to need your place of residence for the school insurance forms. And he like just pulls like a bogus address out of thin air. And she's like, mm-hmm, we'll see about that. Oh, yeah. such a bitch. Yeah. So then we see Hanukkah. The first night has begun. Ooh. The Schlotz family are lighting the menorah. Uh, We see like a montage of Lamont like looking at this picture that his son drew of like their family. Alex gets like an encyclopedia CD for Hanukkah, which he's not stoked about. But he then gets his Dr. J card back because Julie told his parents that he sold it. So they rebought it back for him. Which is sweet. Yeah. They're really nice parents. Aw. Yeah. So the next day, Rabbi Lewis, strolling by, sees that Coach Carr's car is filled with his belongings. Um, in the school, Miss Klein tells the rabbi that she drove up and down Jefferson yesterday, which was the address that Coach Carr pulled out of thin air. It was like some random number, and he looked up at a picture on the wall, and it was of Thomas Jefferson. So he said Jefferson. Yeah. 
Um, she drove up and down Jefferson yesterday. I don't even know if Jefferson is a street in Philadelphia looking for Carr's address and she couldn't find anything. The rabbi says that's strange. She calls it a serious offense and is like, that is, we just can't have that. Mrs. Klein says that they can't take any chances with the safety of the students. And I'm just like, Miss Klein, like, she's like on a a wild goose chase. Take a chill pill. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I do kind of get, like, that stuff does need to be taken seriously, of course. But, like, you need to calm down. And, like, him living in his van does has nothing to do with his teaching or coaching abilities in any way. Yeah. So bizarre. So then we're in class. Um, Rabbi Lewis is handing out the tests that they took. Alex gets a C-, minus, obviously less than Oof. optimal. He then pulls Alex aside and tells him that Mrs. Klein plans to follow Lamont home after practice. I love that this, I love that the rabbi and Alex are like in cahoots. Yeah. He's like, you got a C minus, but also here's the T. It's like so yeah. funny. Um, yeah. So Mrs. Klein is going to follow Lamont home after practice. Um, and if she discovers that he, you know, just perhaps I'm just going to pull out a random place to live lives in a van he's not sure that he can save his job alex is like i'm same saving you i see what you're putting down picking up Mm -hmm. what you're putting down alex says that he live if he lives in an apartment that would be okay right and the rabbi's like "Mm mm-hmm and so alex asks the rabbi to watch his back with the coach basically yeah he runs on home to his uh real estate i guess he's like a realtor um father and he's like hey, dad, are you still having trouble selling that condo? And his dad is like, yes, sir. Um, Alex is like, well, I know someone who wants it, but he probably can't afford it yet. But trust me, come on, let's go. (laughs) And Alex (laughs) leaves a note on Carr's windshield. He's like, meet me at 6543 Front Street. Um, Miss Klein will be following you. Roll with it. So Miss Klein hides in her car, waiting to follow Coach home. Obviously, Coach notices immediately. She is not pulling anyone. Yeah. Finally, he gets to the condo and he goes inside. And Alex gives Carr the keys, like count to five, and then come in. Meanwhile, Mrs. Klein is getting sprayed by a car that passes by. She's full, full of sewage, sewage convertible. Yeah. And um, Coach walks into the apartment. He's like, "Alex, this is out of my price range." And his dad walks out. He's like, "You can stay in it for free while you're coaching." Until I sell it, apartments sell better when someone's living in it. But Coach Carr is adamant about not taking handouts. And Alex is like, it's not a handout. You know, you get a place and I get a coach. And Coach Carr is like, okay, I can do this. I will help you finish up the place. So Mr. Schlotsky agrees to their new partnership. Yeah, this apartment that he's staying in is so weird looking. I just want to say <laughs> it's like a very yeah. modern, but like not in a good way. It's like a white box mm-hmm. with like red accents. It's very weird. Yeah. It reads very like Bauhaus to me, yeah, which seems funny. bizarre in like 2003. It just is like so, um, so strange looking. And I just, yeah. no wonder it's not selling. I mean, it's yeah. not a good apartment. Exactly. That night... Mrs. Schlotsky comes home with pizza for dinner and Alex's backpack just happens to be sitting there with his test like perfectly folded half out of his backpack. Rookie mistake. Yeah, he got a C minus on that exam. Like you got to get home and immediately shred that. Mm -hmm. You got to eat that. Yeah. 
So then we cut to a meeting with Mrs. Schlotsky, Mrs. Klein, and the rabbi. Mom and Miss Klein are like, we're going to get the board involved if basketball is continuing to interfere with academia. And Rabbi Lewis is like, there's no need. I'll handle it. Mrs. Schlotsky is super pissed. And Mrs. Klein thinks that uh, Rabbi Lewis is being silly by just like trying to win this tournament. And she thinks it's all ridiculous. And he's like, no, it's the thrill of the game. And he like gets her to throw like a little paper ball uh, into like the trash. They play some more trash hoops. And she actually gets it in and is excited at first. But then she's like, oh, I could never. Before marriage. <laughs> I could never. So we're in the locker room now with Lamont and the team. Lamont is giving them a pep talk. He, you know, keeps calling them dogs and um, he gets them all to bark like bulldogs. Lamont says mm-hmm. they have to work together as a team. Then he says, this is a huge, huge plot twist. Alex, mm. because of his failing grade in history, has to sit the game out. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. He's our best, you know, yeah, I know, shock of all shocks, but he's our best player, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And Lamont is like, well, you're going to have to do it without him. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know if, like, I I was never on a sports team of any kind, so I don't know how these things work, but, like, I'm sure Alex would have known he wasn't playing before the moment he was supposed to walk on the court. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. They are playing the game, and um, they're doing pretty good. Julie is there and she sits with Alex in the stands while Alex complains about how he did everything for the team and now he can't play. Julie says that they're actually doing pretty good without him. Alex is like, why do you even bother showing up if you're just going to be mean to me? And of course, we're all sitting at home being like, because she she likes you. You stupid one. Like, she obviously has a crush on you. Yeah, but then Julie says that, um, like, do you want me to come? And Alex says, no, not if you're just going to hassle me. Then Julie leaves, and Alex runs after his woman. Back at home later that evening, the boys show up to Alex's house. They're like, we are going to help you study because the rabbi said that you could retake your failed test, and they're all there to help. But Alex is like, I cannot remember everything. Ball is life. (laughs) His teammates are like, we're a team. And he's like, just think of it like basketball stats. You memorize all those basketball stats. You're going to dribble while we feed you the names and the dates so you can remember them. And bro, when he takes the test the next day, it is so fucking wild. He's like taking this test and he's like, Rabbi, can I dribble my imaginary b-ball? Can I dribble while I take the test? And Rabbi Lewis is like, whatever it takes pretty wild to me yeah and he's like really like spinning that thing like oh yeah, yeah. he's not just like dribbling he's like doing trick shots the first thing he, he one does hand. is he like you know no one can see me but the first thing he does is he like spins it on his finger and is like whoa like here's yeah. my thing. it's so strange i've never uh, in my life it's like the imagination on this the, one the fidget yeah. stab 2003 is an imaginary basketball <laughs> yeah <laughs> ah it's so funny so After school that day, um, Coach Carr comes in with the basketballs. The team is like, aren't we going to wait for Schlotsky? And Coach Carr is like, shut your mouth, mind your business. (laughs) Everybody circle up. Um, You guys just need to trust yourselves and trust each other. And then you'll start playing like a team. Yeah. He's like, with you guys, it's always like Alex this, Alex that. 
but that ends today. So he points out TJ first and he's like, you're leading the league in technicals. You need to like calm down. You need to think of something sweet every time you get mad on the court, every time the ref like pulls you aside. And so he's like, what's something sweet? Rebecca Bloomberg. I'll (laughs) think of her, his crush. (laughs) Oh, so sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Next he goes to Stick and he's like, Stick, you got the arms. You can make the hooks. Joker, you have the mouth. You got to trash talk the other team. (laughs) And then he says that Big Ben is the butt. I can't really remember like what he was saying with that, but elbowing people out of the way. I don't know. Miss Klein comes into the gym like while they're practicing and like judges all of them as she's watching, but they keep going with practice. Coach gets the team really hyped up. And then after practice, they meet up with Alex. He has his test and he gives the envelope to the coach. He reads it out. Alex got a B plus. Yay. Everyone's super excited. Alex can rejoin the team now. And Alex wants to go and do some drills with Lamont, but Lamont says he has to go and meet up with a friend. Okay, so next Lamont meets up with his buddy who is um, a player on the Raptors and they play some one-on-one. Next, we go back to the boys. They're playing in the game. Alex makes a shot. Lamont brings them in and says that they're good to go but they have to go on without him because his buddy got him a 10-day contract with the 76ers so he won't be able to make the big game, which is like a mm. huge blow for the boys. Drama. They are obviously like, how are we going to do this without you? You're at guiding light. Klein, <laughs> Klein overhears the boys being upset about him leaving the team behind. Um, she's eavesdropping on them. Lamont tells them to work hard and to take pride in who they are and they'll be fine. Alex follows Lamont and says, we won't be fine. We need you. Lamont says that he kept his word. This was their deal. And then he has to go. And then Alex says that he knows that coaching kids isn't the NBA, but he knows that he's been starting to like it. So he's sort of like, "Mm, like you like Krabby Patties, don't you Squidward? (laughs) 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 To bring in a very um, sophisticated uh, reference. Um, Yes. Lamont tells Alex to stop being so selfish, that this is his dream, and that he needs to stop thinking about himself. Alex is like, what about your family? And I'm like, oh, Alex, just let the man go. His family needs him to help pay some bills. Yeah. He needs that NBA salary for his family, not the Jewish day school salary. Mm -hmm. Lamont says that his family needs him to get the, like we just said, needs the contract so that he can pay the bills. Yeah. (laughs) And then Alex says maybe they just need you like we do and i'm like in this economy (laughs) absolutely not can't keep the lights on with dreams kids my god so lamont says that after this tourney he's back on the street anyway and he owes alex more than he can say but that this is his shot and he has to take it understandably so because he's been living in his van for how long trying to be on the Sixers yeah he's not about to throw it away for them I totally understand where Lamar is coming from in this moment yes Alex comes in with some audacity but I think Lamont knows what he's doing for sure for sure and after school Alex confronts his mother he's like waiting in her office He's like, you got to hire a coach at the school full time. And Alex thinks that she just wants to keep him out of the school because she hates basketball. But Mrs. Schlotsky is like, actually, it's because she feels like he's missing out on serious opportunities. And she's like, do you want to be like Lamont, someone who abandoned his kids 
And Alex is like, you don't know a damn thing about him. And you know less about me. And Mrs. Schlotzky's like, oh, my God. You might be right. That's the I'm not giving up my dream. I'm giving up yours moment of full court miracle. So then we have a really just a sad times montage. Um, We see everyone being sad. And Rabbi Lewis has a little voiceover where he says, the Maccabees fought back with the odds overwhelming. The darkness that fell over the land was a spiritual darkness and evil had penetrated to the soul. The temple had been ransacked, the everlasting lamp extinguished. So then we cut to the rabbi in class continuing to tell the story of Hanukkah. The light from the lamp, the oil burning for eight days, so forth. Then the bell rings, but Alex stays seated. Rabbi Lewis comes over and asks him what's wrong, and Alex says that if the Maccabees had lost Judah, they would have died, and now their Judah is gone, so they're going to lose. And I'm like... It seems a little bold to conflate, you know, your basketball situation to this, but okay. (laughs) Um, So then Rabbi Lewis says that maybe Judah's courage and leadership isn't found in others, but in ourselves. And Alex is like, I can't be Judah. I'm a kid. And then Rabbi Lewis very wisely says, it's not the size of our army. It is the strength of our faith. True words never said. Mm-hmm. So yes. we are at the 30th annual Liberty Tourney, if you will. Ooh. I'm going to keep saying tourney oh, forever. Oh, yeah. Got it. Um, so we're at the tourney. And, um, <laughs> sorry. We're at the tourney. And the people are cheering, and Alex is giving his team a pep talk. There are two games to the final. We can do this. The rabbi is mm-hmm. in the audience. Alex tells the team that this is their home court, and he hypes them up. Um, everyone is in the audience except two key members of this uh, cast. Mm-hmm. Julie and Mrs. Slotsky are not there. Then the game starts. The Lions work as a team. They're doing well, and they advance. Then another mm-hmm. montage, because this is the 2000s. Yeah. This montage happens. The Lions are doing super well. They keep advancing in this tourney. TJ is able to confess his love for Rebecca <laughs> Bloomberg. Um, it gets him out of a penalty, maybe. I don't really yeah. remember why he does this dirty game. Very bold. She seems into it, yeah, though. Yeah. She's Rebecca very into Bloomberg, it in the Gorgeous girl. Stunning. Yeah. And she seems Amazing. thrilled that he is professing his love for her during the game. Um, Alex gets a penalty shot, sinks it. He takes his second shot and he sinks that too. They win the game and the Lions are going to the finals. Hell yeah. Meanwhile, at the hospital, mom finds Alex at her office. He's like, we're in the finals, mom. And she gives him a half-hearted congratulations. (laughs) His mom, I swear. Alex is like, I cannot believe you. You just don't believe in my dreams. And he admits that it may be a pipe dream, but, you know, he still wants her to be proud of him Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And she says she is. And it's just hard for her to let go. You know, at his bar mitzvah, she, like, saw him become a man, and that was very hard for her. And she just wants to understand what basketball means to him. And he does this very emotional speech. It's, like, kind of funny to me. Sorry. (laughs) But he's like... 
when I'm playing, everything else just disappears. It's me and the ball as I like take a shot. Back at Coach Carr's condo, Carr listens to the news. He lays in bed. He's just icing his poor little, weak little knees. But he gazes up (laughs) at this drawing from his kid, and he decides to give his family a call. And he tells his wife he's been doing some hard thinking, dot, dot, dot. And then we have the night of the finals of the tourney. (laughs) Tourney. Never going to get over tourney. Yeah. Everybody files into the gym. There's this huge storm brewing outside. Um, Rabbi Lewis passes out little baseball caps to everybody with like the Lions logo on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The team comes out. They like stomp onto the court and there's a truly incredible (laughs) um, dance number. That I yeah. was not expecting if you, at all. If you just imagine like six scrawny Jewish boys <laughs> doing a hip hop dance <laughs> to a made, no, it's not a made up song, to like a real song, right? I think it's an original song written for this movie. To like a yeah. song that previous to 2003 did not exist. You're yeah. basically, I mean, that's just like, that's exactly what it is. It's just yeah. absolute chaos. <laughs> Yeah, they're like doing their dance moves. You just hear like dreidel, dreidel, like in the background. It's truly, it's like the, dreidel, it's inspiring. Like, and if you <laughs> forgot that this is a Hanukkah movie, I'm gonna yeah. remind you by dropping some dreidels in there. Um, so yeah, after this amazing dance number, the guys are hyped. They warm up. They're shooting some hoops. Mm-hmm. They're looking good. Alex gets them into a huddle. Uh, their former coach, Coach uh, Simowitz, tells them that he's really proud of them. And Alex is like, it's our doghouse now. Like, we got this. We're going to defeat the Warriors. We're going to -to man-to-man with a full-court press. Hell yeah. Yeah. So the game starts. It's the Warriors versus the Lions. The game starts. The Lions score immediately off the bat. They're doing great. Meanwhile, we cut back to the hospital where mom is with Julie because she's like been doing this shadowing program. Mm-hmm. And Miss Schlotsky is like, oh, I'm going to give you a ride to the school so you can watch the game. And she's like, you're not coming. She's like, I have another stop to make first. So then we cut back to the game. Now the Warriors are actually beating the Lions, but the Lions are starting to catch up. Like it's not a complete slaughter yet. The Lions then score and Mrs. Klein actually cheers. And um, Alex looks into the audience and sees Julie is there and she has a sign saying miracles can happen. Uh, Which is sweet, but also like a little passive aggressive too. Like you winning would be a miracle. And it, but don't worry. (laughs) I thought that was, I saw that and honestly, I thought it was like a little, a little bitchy. A little shady. (laughs) Yeah, a little shady. So cut back to Mrs. Schlotz. She pulls up to the arena that Coach Carr is playing at for the 76ers. She asks for him and the teammate says to check inside. She tells him about her son and that he's five feet tall and all he wants is to be in the NBA. He tells her he's a big dreamer. Tell him to keep going. Encourages (laughs) her to (laughs) sign him up for the NBA, which is obviously how that works. Um, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so we're back to the game. A storm is brewing outside, lightning strikes, and the power goes out. Mm-hmm. A device mm-hmm. I myself love to use. Mm-hmm. I love when the power goes out in movies and in plays. I just think it's cool. Anyway, the emergency generator, yeah. thankfully, is able to kick in. 
Meanwhile, at the arena, Carr's car breaks down, but he has to go to the airport. Thankfully, Mrs. Schlotsky comes up and she's like, what's going on? She sees a lightning bolt in the sky and is like, <laughs> hey, why don't, you, why don't you try starting your car again? And miraculously, it starts. Um, Mrs. Schlotsky's a witch. Just kidding. So <laughs> A Hanukkah witch. <laughs> back at the game, the rabbi goes outside to check on the power. And they're like, it's going to be out until morning. So we have two options. Either end the game now and the Warriors take it all. Or we start the generator and we just play until it runs out. But the generator probably won't last long. There isn't a ton of fuel. And like when the generator stops, that's it. It's game over. So if they play, they're really taking a risk. And the Lions know they're 18 points behind. Hardly any fuel. They need a miracle right now. So the team gets back into the gym. Joker switches the generator on and leaves Mr. Simowitz to take the rest of it from there. Um, the game resumes. They have less than 15 minutes with the generator. It's uh, 36 to 50. Outside of the generator, Simowitz is furiously measuring the yeah. fuel. <laughs> He's yeah. just like really, really <laughs> like I've never seen anyone measure anything with that sort of chutzpah. Um, it's, it's his calling. Okay. Now yes. we're back in, in the stadium or stadium is strong. We're back in the gym. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's 42 to 52. Simowitz calls a timeout and he tells them that the generator only has about two minutes and 43 seconds based on the math he did until it runs out. Then they're back in, but then Tyler on the warriors calls a timeout. And it becomes very clear that they are trying to stall while the generator runs out of time, which I just like don't see how the ref didn't. Yeah, call like how's that allowed? That's it's not allowed, and it's so clear that they're mm -hmm. like the coach is literally the, the Warriors coach is literally like smirking at the Lions. Yeah. Like it's obvious what they're doing. There's only one minute of fuel left, five minutes on the game clock. It's never gonna work. But then. A white light shines as the generator miraculously comes back on. <gasps> Coach Carr walks into the gym and he says, what's up, my dogs? <laughs> Amazing entrance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tears in my eyes. So Lamont is like, there's five minutes left on the clock. Like, we still have a chance. And Alex is like, but there's only a minute left of fuel on the generator. And then Coach Carr is like, remember the oil that lasted those eight wild. days? You gotta believe. So the fuel runs out, the generator dies, and the lights all turn off. The warriors start celebrating. But out of nowhere, the generator just starts running again, and the lights come back on. It's a miracle! Oh. So the ref then blows his whistle, and the game is back on. The lines get out there, they're making shots... They're 44 to 52. They have a chance. Outside, the lightning is striking. The thunder is booming. And there's three minutes left. So they keep playing. The teams get closer and closer. The Lions are then one point behind with nine seconds to go. Alex has the ball. And he's like trying to get around Tyler. So he passes the ball to TJ, who hooks the shot. The scoreboard is sparking, but he makes it in just as the buzzer goes off. Yes. The Lions win. Ah, they're the champions. Yay. 
Mrs. Schlotz and Mrs. Klein are super proud. Everyone's cheering. The Lions hold their trophy. And Alex's parents are like super happy. They go up to congratulate him. And Lamont explains that Mrs. Schlotsky went to the airport for him so that he could make the game. And he's like, why did you have to go to the airport? He's like, I had to pick someone up and outruns his family. Adorable. So sweet. Yeah. And Mr. Schlotsky is like, well, Alex, I still see a doctor in your future, even if it's a Dr. J. Bold. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah. She says she's going to convince the board to hire Lamont. And Lamont is like, you know, I'm too old to play for the Sixers. And I just want to be here for my kid. Adorable. So in our final scene, the rabbi talks about the lighting of the menorah and the importance of celebrating the light that delivers us from darkness, turns friends into strangers, and provides hope for the whole world while Alex, Lamont, and their families play basketball together. Delightful. So sweet. Shall we rank it on our holiday spectacular score? I don't know if our if our scale applies to this movie as well. We could just do it like you guys normally do, like scale of one to ten. How many candles on the menorah? Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. So we do zero out of eight. Yeah, zero out of eight. I love this movie. I think it is so heartwarming and it's about never mm-hmm. giving up. Basically like following your passion and like mm-hmm. being young and like not worrying about your future all the time. I think it's a really nice message. Um, I, I do wish, I mean, they are 14. So like, and it's a wholesome film, of course, but like Julian, Alex. Yeah. You gotta know. You gotta wonder. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I'd never seen this movie before, but I, I thought it was entertaining. Um, I thought there were lots of funny little quips in there that I enjoyed. Um, it's always great to see kids following their dreams and their passions. Definitely. How many candles are you giving the film? I have to take one away because of the Julie Alex letdown. Yeah, I got that. I would also take one away because Lamont didn't get what he wanted. Yeah, he had a new dream by the end. I, I get that. I do. But mm-hmm. I feel like the new dream happened very quickly. Like he basically wanted yeah. to be on the Sixers until like the last moment. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if I, w- I don't know if that I'm still thinking like, is that candle removal worthy? But mm-hmm. I don't I know. I get what Just you're saying. I thought. think it's valid. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I would give it a solid six out of eight. Eight's like a weird okay. scale. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say a six out of eight because I think mm. it's got everything that like a decom needs to be like entertaining and heartwarming mm. and like mm-hmm. you come to like really root for the lions and yeah. I just really love that. Yeah, the romance between Julie and Alex is just there, but they don't touch on it at all. Mm. And that is where it lacks for me i also wish that mrs schlotsky was a little bit more dynamic oh yeah i feel yeah. that and same for mrs klein i want to give it a five out of eight only because like for what we've already mentioned but i just think the characters could have been more dynamic in this script it's a disney channel movie <laughs> yeah so you know it's just definitely there are things that could have been explored more like we could have explored Mrs. Schlotsky more. We could have explored Coach Carr more. Um, but I think it mm-hmm. was definitely great at 
driving home like the morals that it wanted to of like follow your dreams, you know, work hard, be there for your peers and your mm-hmm. like friends and your community. Yeah, we could we can meet in the middle with a five and a half candles. Yeah, I love that. I, I'd be okay with that. Wow, what a fun time! Thank you so much for joining us, Emery. Thank yeah, you for thank having you. Me. It's so fun. I'm always here to talk about a Hanukkah film, <laughs> even though there are like none. But this one yeah. is, I think, a really good representation of Hanukkah. And so I'm really yeah. glad I got to chat about it with you guys. So fun. Yeah. It's been our pleasure. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Emery, please tell the good people where they can find you, where they can follow you. Yes. Uh, I am at Shmemory on Instagram. That is S-C-H-M-E-M-E-R-Y, Shmemory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have to like make sure I spell that right because it's just weird. It's a, a combination of my first name and my last name. It is what my friends call me. It is what you can call me. That's where mm-hmm. you can follow me on Instagram. I think I'm the same on Twitter and I don't use Facebook because it's 2020. So yeah, <laughs> so you can find me yeah, there. Yeah, so Fuck off, boomers. Uh, you're not wanted here. Yeah, you can find me there uh, if you want. I yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram. It is movies that raised us. Uh, we're posting some very fun holiday content right now, which we hope. Hell you enjoy. yeah! And we're also on Twitter. It's mtru underscore pod. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Do all three things. Yeah, please, please Definitely. do, please. We're, we're simply begging. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not begging because we don't do that. Please. We're imploring Please, you. Please, I have Please. a crumb of attention. I'm doing the the hand signal that you taught me, Christina. Oh, the, the your your fingertips <laughs> yes. touching. I don't like it. Yeah, I had to explain. Oh God, I had to explain what this meant to Emery the other day. Um, but yeah, we will see you guys next week for another holiday favorite. Ooh. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mel and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.